Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Drivers, start your engines. I'm surprised Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't come in to finish the sentence. Oh, my gosh. Monday morning, you're just going to throw an uppercut like that. The hair, for some reason, looked a little different to me. But, but if that, we have to be sure that was him. But but we're 99.9% confident that it is. You're on fire today, huh? Your guy, John Gruden. Yeah. Beyond the fact, as I've said before, that he would be able to look eye-to-eye with his quarterback without getting on his tiptoes or his Whoa, steps. Whoa, okay. Strike three what for the low John, blows today by you. Strike would, three. Case of the Mondays. Yeah. We're having fun. I was in a good mood. That's me in a good mood. I, I, well, we know. That's why we're making a cut. We I can't was believe happy. it. We're, we're, the world would be shocked if that was good mood. Yeah, you were happy. All those nice things you said about those people. <laughs> All those good things. Just trying to just trying to spice, spice it up. It up. Yeah, bit. you spice it up for sure. Hey, listen, I, I that's why I do enjoy you. You don't hold back ever. You really don't. And especially... If, you know, there's a little history or something there, you, you're you're good at, you know, needling and doing all that. So that was great. Well done. Let me, let me tell you something funny. Let me tell you something yeah. funny since we're peeling back the curtain. I, I've been working on a book in my spare time, not that I have any, of the past quarterback of the, the NFL. Future. And oh, I've okay. told you about it. No, shut up. I've told you about it because there's a chapter in it on you. It's 100 plus essays on all the various things that have happened over the last 20 years and how they all fit together if they even do. And my wife has been proofreading it, and she finished it recently for me. Very very great eye for detail, yeah. very, very useful, right? right? But about halfway through it, she said to me, there's going to be a lot of people that are upset about this. It's like, have you not been reading? <laughs> have you been not reading have PFT you, have your you whole life? Reading? I, I said, 
there is nothing in here that is any different from anything I've said or written for the last 20 years, so it's fine. It'll be fine. Okay. Uh, yep. Yep. Oof, that will a, be fine. What a saint she is, I'll tell you. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> 20, 26 and a half years wow. of dealing with it. Woo. 26 and a half. Woo. What did she, you she, buy her she, for? The, I hope you bought her something great for the 25th, 25-year anniversary because she certainly deserves it, having to deal with you. That was a year and a half ago. I can't right. remember what it was. I think yeah. she got a car that year. Oh, okay. The good thing about buying Buying a car for your wife is that it like covers multiple years gift giving events. Right, right. Not years. Yeah. It gets you through a birthday. It gets you through Christmas, an anniversary. Maybe, it may even get that. you through a Christmas yeah. if it's nice enough of a car. Yeah. So, I hear you. Um, Ooh, right. baby. Can't That's hide that back. money in Chateau de Florio. Just big cars, quiet. big houses. Woo. Quiet big everything. You. <laughs> big <stop>. barns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to Big Ben. Okay. Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben. <laughs> you're so easily distracted. I mean, you're like a dog. I you am. just pull out a different toy, and you're on a completely different topic, <laughs> which, is, which is very useful at times. <laughs> okay, the Steelers. Let's talk about the AFC North. Big one division by division over the past couple of weeks, if you haven't noticed, or if you have. Let's talk about the AFC North. Let's talk about the Steelers first. If they bring him back, assuming they work it out, and I'm still not going to believe it until they announce the contract, right? I still think there's a chance it all falls apart because I think the Steelers are squeezing his kahunas to try to get him to take less than 19 million this year. We, for those of you who didn't watch yesterday, you know what? I, I don't need to explain. You should have watched yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday. You'd understand what we're talking about right. today. Anyway, if he comes back, he's the fourth best quarterback. Or the first worst quarterback in the division, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I yes, he is definitely. Uh, there, I, I, you know, Joe Burrow, of course, coming off a a, a bad injury. Okay, that you know, that we don't know where he's gonna be, but you know, certainly, I think when you looked at everybody healthy last year, and hey, listen, this is what drives me crazy about social media in the world right now. You know, I, I don't know what else to say. I didn't make Big Ben a top ten quarterback when they were ten and zero, right? I mean, the world just crapped on me. Everybody from Pittsburgh. You know, but I haven't heard an apology ever since. I mean, nothing. It just, it's, oh, we'll just move on. We crapped all over that guy. Oh, he was right, but uh, we're not going to acknowledge it. All right. I mean, you understand how social media works. I don't, I don't right? care. Apparently doesn't make don't. it right. Doesn't make it right. It's a big problem in our society, in our world right now. It doesn't make it right. And I, and I wouldn't do that. You know me. I say when I'm wrong all the time. Wait, wait, wait. What? Do you expect yeah. do you expect the random trolls yes. that came after yeah. you uh -huh. to go back on Twitter now and say, we are sorry, Chris Sims, you're right. Big Ben wasn't a top 10 quarterback. Yes, I do. I, if, I, if I was attacked or attacked somebody the way in that fashion and got personal, like a lot of them get personal, I, yes, if I was blatantly proven wrong – at some point, I would I would go I I was wrong about this blah 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 and let it out there. I mean, man, I mean it's just it's unreal. It, it really is. But either way, let's get back to the topic at hand. Big no, bet. let's not. There is nothing more entertaining than seeing you engage with the trolls oh. on Twitter. Because I'm it's done. also horrifying. Because I never know what's coming next. I know. Well, I never know what's coming next. Think about how NBC feels, and I've had a few I spouts know. last the few last yeah. few weeks where I, I, yes, I, I can imagine. I can't help myself. I really can't. Yeah. I just because I get my competitive nature takes over, and I want to be able to explain the situation. And it just it's so hard, of course, over Twitter because it just I, I need to talk, and there's more than just you know, the basic headlines. There's context to these situations. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I really am. I'm not going to do it again, at least for a little while. 
Um, all right, so all right. Big Ben. Yeah. Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. At this point, yeah. I think the random, objective, quarterback, needy team, to use David Carr's phrase, would would want any of them over Big Ben. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. It, it, that. That, to me, is the reality of the situation right now. But within saying that, you know, I can also sit here and say I still think they can win football games and get into the playoffs and make a playoff run if they do things the right way and 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 formulate the team and the offense a little bit to help out an aging older quarterback, a la what we just saw from Tom Brady and everything like that in the with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, we discussed this I think a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, and again, some of this might have been Big Ben's fault. But the way they played make no made no sense for a guy at his age, and you know the fact that he's not going to be able to carry the team like the old days and just make plays and do everything like that. But if you can protect them and run the ball a little bit again and have a defense just like Tampa Bay, I promise you, Big Ben can sit back in that pocket and still throw strikes, and he can still beat you that way. They got the talent at the receiver, but damn. The offensive line needs to get better. And, of course, there's no run game. I mean, it's, it's arguably the worst run game in all of football. It might have been the worst. It was certainly towards the, towards the bottom three. And that has to change more than anything for that football team, to me, if they want to be a major player in the Super Bowl conversation. And the key is commitment to the run, something we've mentioned several times, the comments from Hall of Famer Jerome Bettis to Ed Bouchette during the season when the Steelers were trying to discover the running game on the fly. Bettis said... That's not how it works. The commitment is made right. in the offseason, in the preseason. That is your mentality as blockers. How different it is, pass blocking and run blocking. And if you're going to be maulers up front who are creating lanes for the running backs, you don't just discover that in November. That's the challenge for the Steelers. And, Chris, that's probably one of the things they concluded yes. when, they, when they got distance from the embarrassing end of the season and they allowed themselves to think, there's a way to thread these various needles that we can play for a championship this year. Let's bring Big Ben back. Let's keep as many of these guys on the team as we can. Uh, agreed. A hundred percent. And, you know, your your point about the attitude and all of that is a hundred percent on too. Uh, I, I can just speak from a little experience here. My 2005 year where, you know, I got to play, we go to the playoffs, do all that. Hey, that was one of my great experiences of, of that, what you're talking about. I just remember we drafted Cadillac Williams uh, in the top five of the draft, and Gruden was, we're going to run the damn ball. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pull guards. We're going to play smash-mouth football and do that, and that's how training camp started. And when we we ran the ball to the point where it didn't – I mean, the defense knew, like, I mean, they're going to run 96 power king. They're going to run 97 power king. They're going to do that. But we got so good at it and adjusting to all the different looks and how you can play, it didn't matter. We'd get into games that year, and Cadillac was such a workhorse where teams would be calling out, they're going to run the, they're going to run the power, they're going to pull the guard. It didn't matter because we knew how to block it. We had an attitude, and the Steelers have totally lost their way, and uh, that's where they got to get back if they want to play I think to the overall style and how their team their de their team is still through their defense that's the special part of their team and if they want to keep Big Ben and make that work to me it, it's what you're saying Mike they got to do that play action protect them and I still think he can be successful 
March 17 is the deadline as identified by Art Rooney II for getting this deal done. It's an easy deal to do if you're not taking away any of Ben's money. I believe they're trying to take away, and I'm not saying it's wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what I believe. And it didn't help matters that Ben came out and said, I don't care how much I make this year. That's the engraved invitation for the team to say, well, you said you don't care how much yeah. you make this year. Let's let's see how much you don't care about how much how much you make this. I year. believe him though with this one though. I do believe him. Well, well, we'll then, then if know. I'm the Steelers, if I'm the Steelers, and I'm trying to maximize my talent on the field this year, constrained by a salary cap that has been burdened by all these big contracts I've given to Ben Roethlisberger, I feel no guilt or shame in asking him to take less money, none whatsoever. No, I I, I hear you, and I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think the Steelers have, you know. Some power here in this situation, certainly. And I think Big Ben knows, uh, you know, again, he's up there in years. He was banged up last year. He has a history of being injured. And I, I really do get the sense that, hey, Big Ben loves to play. I do think he loves playing football, you know, because he doesn't stress about the other stuff. We know that. You know, he's not uh, going to be like an off-season grinder. And I don't think he's a guy that's like during the season in the film room to nine o'clock at night and doing those things. But damn, he loves to play and compete and do those type of things um, to where. And I think it's legacy, too, that has to be you know taken into account when you talk talk about Big Ben. So I, I really think there's a good chance that he does take about as little as he can here uh, to make things work. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you there. No, it's fine. And one of the ways they're going to have to make things work, I think, they're going to have to let some guys go. Bud Dupree, and it was a shame last year, franchise tag, tears the ACL, never gets his big payday, and he's probably at least a year away from ever getting one because he's going to have to establish himself somewhere. If he leaves in free agency, what kind of a hit is that to the Steelers' Ooh. defense? Well, uh, that, uh, huge. Uh, he Arguably the best pass-rushing duo in football, right? I mean, with him and Watt, it's pretty damn special. And Dupree, even even without all the sacks, you know, he is one of those guys that, you know, he's just very versatile. He can do it all. He's good against the run. He can play defense to end in a four-down front. He can play three-four outside linebacker. He can drop into coverage. Mike, I, I ask you this because I, I this is another topic I hit on the podcast last week a little bit. Do you think his injury could maybe help him end up being back in Pittsburgh because? Maybe a team now doesn't throw a ton of money out at him, right? And maybe he looks at it and goes, wait, I'm not kind of getting the offers I want. So, man, Pittsburgh, just make me a respectable offer here, and I'll come back to here at a place I know with talent, and maybe I can get the jump off again on stats and having a good year and set myself up, like you said, you know, for next year's free agency to where now I can, you know, strike it rich. I would think that would be a little bit of a play or at least a thought, you know, rather than going to a new team that might not have the talent around you to totally, you know, accentuate your talents and doing all those things. It, it might work out to where they can get like a hometown deal for a Bud Dupree. At least that's crossed my mind. I don't know. What do you think? I'm well, crazy there. No, I, I, th yeah. I think that's a dynamic that's going to play out across the league yeah. when guys realize that the big money they thought they were going to get isn't there. Yeah. Where am I going to do the one year right. deal? Am I better off doing one more year where I came from? and hitting the market again next year? Or does it make sense for me to go somewhere else where I'm going to have to get used to new coach, new playbook, new teammates, new everything, and try to get myself in a spot where next year right. I'm better positioned to go get paid? He yeah. could be better off staying with the Steelers. Um, 
and uh, you know, taking a reasonable deal, maybe getting a commitment in writing as part of the deal that they wouldn't tag him again next year if he has some monster comeback season. Right, right. So he gets to the market next year if he does come back and plays really well. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's pivot to the Baltimore Ravens. There was a report from the Boston Globe over the weekend that the Ravens and quarterback Lamar Jackson have begun contract negotiations and the two sides are far apart. I'm told they haven't started talking, and one of the reasons they haven't started talking we don't know who the side is for Lamar Jackson. He's never had an agent. Is he going to handle this himself? His mother's been his business manager. Is she going to handle it? Is there someone else that's going to get involved? Until they know exactly who they're going to be dealing with, they haven't begun talking to Lamar Jackson. I, hey, Lamar Jackson, MVP in 2019. Great player. But especially after what happened just over the past few weeks with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, guys who got big market value contracts after three seasons in the NFL. Yeah. I'm willing to give it another year if I'm Baltimore. And I know it's going to make it more expensive next year than it would be this year. But I don't want to be the next one where people like you and me are saying, right. you guys should have waited. You guys should have waited. You I hear you. broken the bank for Lamar Jackson until you had a better sense that this was something that was going to be sustainable because it wasn't sustainable for Goff and Wentz. Is it going to be sustainable for guys like Jackson? Baker Mayfield falls into that category too. I think the Browns should wait and just make sure that they they are are sold on what they have before they they sign a contract that is going to be a major pain in the butt to deal with. I I, I hear you with all those points. I, I do, and I think they're real. I, I guess where I'd push back just a little is I would go, I, I do think Lamar Jackson is more special than Wentz or Jared Goff. All right, that would be just the first thing I say. You know, he's, he's a special talent, and now he does it a different way, and we know all that. But here's the other aspect, I think, where, you know, Lamar has a little bit more power than maybe even those guys did. And because, yeah, they got to be a little careful again because of the way he plays. It only takes one hit or one, you know, wrong run and everything like that, and everything can change. So they definitely, you know, that that's going to be a topic they have to discuss. But the other thing where Lamar has a little power in, in my mind is, man, they've gone all in on the Lamar Jackson offense, right? So – if you abandon ship on Lamar, you know, now or next year, it's going to be a year or two before you're going to be able to kind of reorchestrate your team and your offense again for the next quarterback. And that's where I think Lamar has a little power in this situation because they've done everything with the tight ends and the running backs and the offensive line. They pushed it in the middle of the table and said, we're going to play a certain style of football. It's different than the rest of football. Nobody else is going to do what we do because we have this guy. And that, to me, is where he's got them by the kahunas a little bit as well. Well, the, and, and, and look, they still also would have to find another quarterback if they decide to move on from Mark right, Jackson. That so too, that, that's right. a bigger challenge yeah. than retooling the team around him. Yes. But I, and, and here's the temptation if you're the Ravens. If you end up negotiating with a guy who's not represented by an experienced and skilled agent, there are plenty of ways where the devil on your left shoulder will be tempting you to try to take advantage of the situation because the guy you're negotiating with doesn't understand all of the nuances, the little things, right. the traps in the contractual language. How far do you want to go in helping him out to be a good partner? 
how far do you want to go in sticking it to him because you can? I think back to the first contract that Russell Okung negotiated for himself with the Broncos. It was horrendous. The Richard Sherman contract, and, and I, I know that he would beg to differ and he would differ loudly, it was not a good contract for him. It should have paid him a hell of a lot more when he was performing at a high level under it, and it wasn't – hey – the NFLPA had to get involved and say to the 49ers, can we, uh, can we, do, can we move a few things around here? That, that doesn't happen typically. So when you, when you represent yourself, there is a real temptation for the team to take advantage of the situation. Would the Ravens – I'm the Ravens. I, I don't want to get to a point where two, three, four years from now, Lamar Jackson does hire an agent, and the agent explains to Lamar Jackson all the ways his team screwed it. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. And uh... – We'll see. It, it is. It's going to be an interesting contract to how they figure this out because they do have to protect themselves. Certainly, you know, at some point, Lamar Jackson is not going to be able to run to the capacity we've seen him run. You know, these last few years, which is just absolute lightning in a bottle. Michael Vick. We've never seen anything like this. You know, it's the greatest running quarterback in the history of football. That discussion's ended. It's over. But. You know, there is a time here where, you know, they're not going to be able to ride that horse as far as that type of style of play with him and everything. And he's going to have to grow as a passer. And we've seen that. He is growing. There's no doubt about it. And I think the next step, too, just along that, you know, just getting back to their team a little bit is, you know, the receiver play and what can they do? An offensive passing game. Can they expand that a little bit? We talk a lot during the year, you know, they just. It can be a little predictable, and it doesn't lend itself to a lot of easy throws and things like that for Lamar Jackson either. So he's got to grow. I think they got to help him grow a little bit more with more ideas in the pass game and things like that. And, hey, I like their tight ends. We know that. Uh, Hollywood Brown did show up a little bit last year, you know, finally. But I still think they need another guy out there to, to help him out and help that aspect of his game and, and their offense grow altogether. Well, and what did they start doing? They started coming up with creative ways to get the ball right. in Hollywood Brown's hands other than run down the field and get open. Yeah. Right? In the backfield. Little flip here. There was there was I remember that one play it was almost a disaster. No, but, it but ended you're up right. working. He a lot the, of those the, you plays know, the, the little flip the went awry, but he got it and off he goes. And, right. and and we need that that more and more teams need to do that. The best offenses come up with ways to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers and not just simply say, go get open. And that's what the Ravens need to do to make it attractive for other receivers to want to come be part of what they have cooking there offensively and defensively. And speaking of defensively, pass rushers available in free agency, Yannick Ngakwe, Matthew Judon, and I guess they could tag Judon again at a 20% raise. I think it's almost $19 million I wouldn't do that. tag him again. No way. Who comes back? Who comes back? I, I, I got to think, you know, Judon, I like him as a player. I, I don't think I could ever sleep at night if I was a GM and I was paying Matthew Judon $19 million a year. He's really, he's a solid player, love him on his team. You know, he's got attitude, he's physical, but to me, he's not a top-tier pass rusher in football by any stretch of the imagination that way. You know, Yannick Ngakwe is the guy I look at. Hey, listen, the one thing that I look at the Baltimore Ravens on the defensive side of the ball, you know the secondary is awesome. The front seven, of course, is very good. And the, just the one adjustment you'd like to see there is, hey, they're big and physical. We know that. They need some speed guys on the D-line. They need some disruption guys. And I think that's why they went out and made that trade for Yannick Ngakwe last year. They need some of that. 
You know, they've been one of the slower front teams in football over the last few years. And that, that to me is where, I, if I'm them, I'd favor Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Yannick Ngakwe over, over a Matthew Judon. Yeah, and uh, look, he flashed. He was disappointing all in all last year, and uh, he's going to be one of these guys, I think, that hits the market, and we'll see. It's fascinating this year to try to figure out who's going to make the plunge and pay some of these guys with the cap situation out there. How many of these big deals are we going to hear about early in free agency? It's only a couple of weeks away. The Browns, now that they've gotten things under control, they've got a coach – that has elevated the franchise much more than than uh, Freddie Kitchens ever could and Kevin Stefanski. What do they do to take it from Final Eight to Final Four, Final Two? I think I look at their offense and go, love it. Don't really need to do Jack Diddley squat on that side of the ball. You know, they got receivers, they got tight ends, they got one of the best offensive lines in football. They got the best running back combo in football. I mean, geez, they got, you know, two of the top 10 running backs in football on the same team. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I think when I look at them, it's defense, defense, defense. And the first place I look at is linebacker. And, you know, we've heard the, the recent rumors, right, about Levante David a little bit there. And it's something, again, we hit on the podcast. To me, that's where it's, it's got to start. That defense, that's a Seattle scheme. Joe Woods, their defensive coordinator, who I got tremendous respect for, he was down in Tampa when I was there. You know, hey, listen, the Seattle scheme came from Tampa too. It's all the same coaching tree. It's all those guys. What do they believe in? They believe in Derek Brooks and Bobby Wagner's. And, you know, we saw Miles Jack down in Jacksonville. They run that defense. The Chargers drafted last year the kid Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. The 49ers run that scheme. Oh, there's Fred Warner. They miss, They have none of that uh, linebacker for the Cleveland Browns. That, to me, would be the first thing. To really make that scheme go, you need some dudes to play linebacker. And then off of that, you know, the, the, the safety, safety position, I think, has got to be a big upgrade, too. Because, again, as we, we can talk about those defenses, the Derwin James, the Cam Chancellors, right, those type of guys, uh, Jamal Adams up in Seattle now, they make that defense go, too, the Earl Thomases. So it, to me, is more about that. It's that center part of their defense at the second and third level that they really don't have any big-time difference makers. They got a lot of money, and – I would think they're going to be able to spend and, and improve that part of their football team and watch out for Cleveland if they do. They were interested in J.J. Watt, by all accounts and right. reports. Von Miller, if he becomes available, is that a guy that you think they should pursue? I, I, I do, yes. For the right price, yes. I mean, we, what, Olivier Vernon is, is a free agent, right? I, I, yes. I, 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 so I don't know where that goes. But, uh, you know, again, it's another scheme as you hit on it. It's you know, it's, it's great point. I'm glad you led me there. It's about pass rushers, right? Joey Bosa, Ingram. You know, all the pass rushers the Seattle Seahawks have. Of course, the 49ers, going back to that story again with their Bosa and they got D Ford when they went to the Super Bowl and that. that. It's a scheme that really wants to rush four, drop seven, and they have their creative ways to play their Seattle scheme and do all that type of stuff, and they can let those guys just fly around. So I would think, yes, that after that linebacker safety issue – that's the next thing they look at. Can we get another guy that, okay, if you're always going to worry about Miles Garrett, 
well, okay, you're you're not going to just get off, you know, scot free on the other side with just some nobody who can't get after the quarterback. And I, I think, you know, really, we we kind of hit it right there. I think it's those three positions you hit on can really really skyrocket them to one of the the best teams in the AFC. I remember when I pointed out in 2018 that there was a push in the front office by some to take Bradley Chubb instead of Denzel Ward. Could you imagine Bradley Chubb? Oh and Miles my Carey gosh! Woo, baby! I mean, that would be yes. That would be scary. And they got a good, nothing against Denzel Ward. No, nothing against Denzel He's Ward. He's really but good. Pass rush that makes the defense go. He is, and and that and that scheme which they weren't doing at the time when they did that draft. I think if they could do it over, they would. Because in that scheme, you don't necessarily need shut down man-to-man corners all the time. You know, it's it's a zone defense. That's what it is. Uh, Denzel Ward is really good. If they could get damn greedy Williams to stay healthy from LSU, he's a perfect scheme fit for that defense too. So they got talent there, uh, but both of those guys have had issues staying healthy, and that's something they might have to get some depth, depth behind them as well. We're going to take a break. When we return, we'll continue to focus on the AFC North with a specific focus on the receivers in that division. More PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sammy had said he might have interest in, in returning. I was wondering where the Chiefs' interest is in potentially retaining Watkins. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I've said it uh, you know, many times before, you know, love Sammy and love um, what he does for our offense. Um, you know, there'll be challenges this year. It'll be a lot more challenging to, to retain him and bring him back this year just because of, of where we are. And, you know, we were able to um, to work with him and, and his agent last year and make it work. Um, you know, this year it'd probably be even more difficult just because we'll have some work to do um, to get into the cap. And, and once we do, we'll have to, um, you know, see where the, the markets go. We're certainly blessed to have, you know, Tyree Kill and expecting big things out of McCall Harmon this year. And I think we're all excited about the development of Myron Pringle. So we feel really good about those three players. And I think in frequency, you know, we'll be smart. And, and if something makes sense for us, um, we'll do what we do every year and listen. Um, I can't see us running out of the gates the first week in frequency to sign a receiver. I don't think that's where we're at. 
He resisted any tells like touching his face. At one point, though, there was a little something in his in his mouth, and he stopped. And it's like, yeah, see you later, Sammy. Yeah. It, it, Sammy Watkins will not be back with the Chiefs. I don't expect based it. on that explanation. No, no, I, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, he comes in at number sixty-four on the PFT list of the top one hundred free agents put Woo. together by Shereen Williams, which was let it go, a, Shereen. A, a very, very difficult task for her, especially because she eventually had to submit it to me, and I screwed the whole thing up. Of course, you did. But uh, we're, we're focusing on this from the perspective of the AFC North. But you know, hey, look, Sammy Watkins. If he's healthy, he's still really good. The problem is the guy is never healthy. No, that, that, that is the big problem. You know, it certainly it, it, it affects their football team. Yeah, but it's always, you know, some sort of uh, lower body injury on his leg. He's been dealing with his whole career. And yes, when he's healthy, he could still fly and be a man-to-man, you know, mismatch. But but as we see, I mean, that's just a that's a big if, big if. And it's certainly, you know, I know he took a price, you know, price cut last year. Right. Uh, but but yeah, I think that time has come. You know, they have to start worrying about whether they want to really develop McCole Hardman and make him more of the guy. And, you know, like I've said with Kansas City, I think the other big thing is they got to find some guys that are real route runners. That's the next part of that offense that we talked about last week. They got to find some guys that can work underneath coverage, a la the Julian Edelman's type of the world. I know they got Kelsey, but the way the offense is orchestrated about going downfield, going downfield, we saw they got exposed a little bit in the Super Bowl. They need more of that element, more than I thought they did. I thought they'd be better prepared for that type of attack in the Super Bowl, and they weren't. And one more thing to keep in mind when a guy takes less, because people are quick to say he's doing a favor for the team or whatever. In most of these cases, a skilled agent will call around and see what else would be out there in the hypothetical event that the player is released and becomes a free agent. And that information, even though it's tampering for the teams to engage in it, that helps sharpen the focus for the player. That helps the player realize his best deal is coming from the place where he currently is. Maybe there's somebody else that would pay him a little bit more, but by the time you move and adjust to a new team and all that stuff, it's not worth it. Sammy Watkins was able to come back get to another Super Bowl, compete for another championship, and probably get as much or more than he would have gotten anywhere else. Yeah. All right, AFC North receiver edition storylines. Ravens, we talked about them last segment. The fact that that the receiver position there not as involved as it may be elsewhere. Which top receiver free agents should the Ravens try to get to accept their money and join their team? There's some good ones out there. All right, here here's the two that I mean. Of course, hey, listen, we'd love to see them get Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin. You know, Kenny Galladay would be amazing. Uh, do they are they going to pay that type of money though? To me, those, those like those top three guys could command you know somewhere between sixteen and nineteen million dollars a year. I don't see the Ravens going that route, right? The one guy that jumps off to me, Mike, is number 50, Curtis Samuel right there. To me, you want to run the Lamar Jackson offense? Curtis Samuel is the better, bigger version of Hollywood Brown. He's got he's got two rockets up his butt. He can fly. He can play tailback. He did it last year when McCaffrey got hurt. They will toss him the ball, and he will run around the edge for an 80-yard touchdown. You can give him the speed sweeps, the reverses, to do all that. To me, if you made me pick one that just makes sense, and I don't think he's going to be able to command a huge number. You know, he's going to get you know, have to pay him, but not like top wide receiver money. That was that's the one that just jumps out to me when you talk about the Ravens. And what you may have to do if you're the Ravens, you're going to have to sprinkle a little more cash out of Probably. the pile. 
to convince a guy to come to a place where he's taking at best a leap of faith. At worst, he signs on the dotted line and then realizes things are no different than they've been and I'm doing a lot of blocking and I'm really not getting to do the thing that I want to do, which is catch the football. That's the challenge. And, you know, until they can convince one of these guys to sign on, the draft is going to be where they have to replenish yeah. that that position, unless a guy like a Des Bryant stumbles into their laps like he did last year. But even he doesn't want to play for him again in 2021. He wants to play two more years, but for a team other than the Ravens, you just don't see a lot of footballs flying your way in that no. offense. And they don't need that Odo Beckham Jr. Yeah, sorry. No, Odo Beckham Jr. Recovering from the ACL, 2021, Browns or the field? Ooh, man. I mean, it's the you know for full. This is the first time we're seeing these, right? So I just, I just want to let everybody know it's not like we had this at home last night. And I could do homework on these, and I'm not trying to make excuses. This is awesome. You could have, you could have, uh, I could have, I could have. It I, was in there. It was in there. Damn. Either way, I'm good. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna go with the field. I don't know why they don't really need to. Like they have enough money to keep them and do all of that. Um, but I don't know why. I just have a gut feeling that. He might be shopped around quietly this offseason. And there's some teams a la in the past, like the New England Patriots, who have had their eye on Odell Beckham Jr. and things like that, could use wide receiver. I, I, I don't know. I have no feel or inside info with this at all. I am intrigued where I want to go like, hey, that Cleveland offense finally got it going. And woo, what it would have looked like with Odell Beckham Jr. But I know you're going to go, well, maybe they wouldn't have looked like that if Odell Beckham Jr. was out there. And I, I understand that question. I think it's fair. I get it. So I'm going to go the field. What about you? Here's the problem. $14.5 million salary this year. $12.791 million of it is guaranteed for injury. Becomes fully guaranteed on March 19, which means it becomes fully guaranteed. They can't cut him. He can't pass a physical. He's on the team this year at $14.5 million with a million-dollar roster bonus that he gets when he shows up for training camp. I think what will happen is this. Yeah. They bring him back. They keep him on the team. They see how it goes, and then he's potentially traded at or before the deadline, if it's not working, and if there's somebody else out there that says, hey, you know what, he is healthy. Because that's the problem. Well, Who's yeah. going to trade for this contract if you don't know the guy's healthy and ready to go in 2021? Well, you're, you're right, but it, it, there's, there's two things I'll say there. Just the, the ACL injury happened at a, a decent time of the year to where I would think there's no doubt he's ready to go for the start of the season. And that money you're talking about for a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. to me is it's peanuts. I think teams might look at that and if they can find ways to wiggle that in there, they're going to go up $12, $14 million, whatever the hell the number is. They're going to go, well, I'll take it. We'll go with it. So that, that's where it's going to be interesting. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really that, – that's going to be something to watch here, I think, this offseason. My guess is Browns and then eventually Field before the Tuesday after week eight that he ends up being traded somewhere because they're going to realize they don't need him to make that offense go. Yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster, Steelers or the Field? I'm going the, the Field all the way here. Uh, I will not even hesitate. Um, first off, you know, Claypool and Deontay Johnson, to me, are better players than Juju Smith-Schuster. They bring more to the table as far as their versatility, their pure explosiveness on the outside. Juju's a guy that kind of needs to work in the slot. He's got great value. I'm not trying to say that, you know, but he is a, a clear, real good number two. And, you know, he is a guy that will run block and run over the middle and play physically. He's a big dude, you know, and he is physical that way. 
but I just look at the Steelers and some of the issues they have with their salary cap and everything like that, and I think they're pretty talented at the wide receiver position that I'm saying field there. I agree with you as well. Even though Smith-Schuster said last week he wants to retire with the Steelers, he wants his legacy to be there, I think someone else is going to make him an offer. The Steelers just won't. Yeah, they can't. Right. They have, to, they have to be smart with their dollars, and this is a team that has a high degree of confidence in its ability to find receivers in the draft. It has proven it time and again for more than a decade. Kevin Colbert, awesome job of finding receivers in the draft. You can't pay anything close to market value for Juju Smith-Schuster, whatever it's going to be. And, and, and look, I don't know who to ultimately blame for the Corvette Corvette stuff last year and the Browns is the Browns, but they, they misplayed that. They allowed him to become a distraction. They allowed his words and his actions to motivate the opponents. And I just feel like it's at a point where the Steelers are better off moving forward, Chris. Yeah, I, I hear that too. I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I think he's a really good guy. Of course, I don't think he does it within, you know, malice or mean or well, trying. Some, but somebody's got to talk to but him. But I know. Somebody's got to talk right. to him and say, you're not being mean, but yeah. it's it's not helping but the it, cause. But it's not helping the cause. Exactly right. You know, he's 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 a social media star. I mean, what? damn, he had a Verizon uh, commercial in the Super Bowl when he's riding a giant sea creature, I don't know, and it ate something, right? I mean, that just tells you. You know, my little boy knows Juju Smith-Schuster more through social media and video games than he does more through the what he does on the football field. And I think he got a little too, you know, obsessed with that aspect of his life and everything like that. Give me one name that would be the best receiver gift for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, oh, oh man. I mean, they're not they're not free agency or the draft. Well, the receiver, you know, receiver wise, they're not in a bad spot. They got a little talent there. You know, they can go a lot of different ways there. You know, I just look at guys like, hey, the Corey Davises, the Marvin Jones, the Kenny Galladay's, the Bengals have a, a, some money to spend, certainly. You know, I, I look at all of those. And, you know, maybe you can even get a T.Y. Hilton who doesn't want to, like, totally break the bank or something like that. Add a little veteran presence to some of those young receivers you got there. Uh, so I, I'll be itching. I, I would like them to be better at pass protecting him more than anything. Right. That would be the big right. thing. I mean, man, did he make, you know – Chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, a lot last year. Um, all right, and I agree with you. They need to protect him better, especially after the way he got injured, and he takes a pounding. They need to work on him. They need mm -hmm. to nudge him gently to get him to protect himself a little bit better. Maybe he learned his lesson last year when he suffered that injury because that is not college football. That hit that he took, it was violent, it was brutal, and here's hoping he's 100% when the regular season rolls around. Let's yep. take a break. We're going to draft the current best pass rushing tandems, which means none of these guys who are about to be free agents, which makes the exercise a little make, more challenging. Hard. We'll do that next here on BFT Live. They're your sack leaders since 2012. Oh, and two of them are now teammates with the Arizona Cardinals, Chandler Jones, 97, J.J. Watt, 95.5. We are drafting the best current pass rush tandems in honor of the Watt signing by Arizona. And, Chris, the one thing I learned as I scoured through the depth charts and the rosters preparing a list of potential tandems to select is a lot of pass rushers. That are free agents. free agents. I know. Yes. Yes. It's not and, making this and, easy. And, and, and so we're not including them. We're, we're, 
free agents, who knows where they're going to land. So yeah. they're not part of this, which makes it harder to do. All right, you got the trivia question. Oh, that's right. Lay it on me. All right, sorry. Hold on. Let me open up my phone and read this. Here we go. Live TV. Here we go. Okay. Can't I remember it. what it was. They told yeah, you I got to do, but I just want to make sure. Four Vikings, four Vikings, your team, okay, have led uh, the league in sacks. How many can you name? There's four. How many can you name? We already talked about one today during... Jared Allen. Right. Jared Allen, yep. no-brainer. Okay. Jared Allen. Thank you. You should get three. Chris Dolman. Yes. Chris Dolman. Right. Come on. Keith Millard. Keith Millard. <laughs> Come on. He didn't lead the league? No. Nope. John Randall. Yes, John Randall. Yep. All right, we'll give you... There's one more. Who was the fourth one? Doug Martin. Uh, Carl Eller. Doug, Doug Martin? Yeah. Wow. D Doug wow. Martin, 1982, oh, the first year right. sacks were recorded. Sacks. They didn't have sacks yeah. during the days of the Purple People Eaters. So, Although, between Eller and Marshall and Page, I'm they sure. may have uh, diluted each other as they crushed the quarterback. All right, I got three out of four. Yeah, I got good the first job. pick. Good and job. Uh, let's see here. I got to go back to my, my cheat sheet. Uh, I will go with, and this can be any tandem. I guess I'll go Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, Chicago Bears. Neither of them is going to be free agents this year. So uh, yeah. Khalil Mack could be traded in theory to the Seahawks. But for now, for now, he's still a bear. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn with with a, a heavy skewing toward Khalil Mack. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Robert Quinn was one of the more, you know, the one of the bigger disappointments in all of football last year. I mean, they threw out a lot of money. You know, let Leonard Floyd go to the Rams, who had an unbelievable year, and they didn't quite get the investment return with uh, Robert Quinn. So, that, a good one by you. Mac is still phenomenal football player, uh, to your point. All right. I mean, I'm going to go with the Steelers, all right, because they got three guys. So, TJ Watt, and you can put Tuit or Hayward there, whatever one you want. I mean, Tuit got more sacks last year with his 11, so let's just say him for now. I don't think he's as good as a player as Cam Hayward at this point of his career, but I'll go with those two. They give a little leeway. It's really a trio in Pittsburgh, which is pretty unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, I'll pick the Steelers to, to start it off. They got so many guys that you could put on a list of tandems. I mean, you know, Bud Dupree, example of a guy that we're not going to include in yeah. this because he's due to be a free agent. It would have been Watt and Dupree, but yeah. you can pivot to others. And I think we've done this before where we've had multiple selections from the Steelers right. with different guys involved in it. All right, if we're going to start mixing and matching yeah, defensive ends and defensive tackles, I'll go Frank Clark and Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. I'm with you. I, I had them written down. I mean, we, 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 with the free agent status like you talked about, we, I think we're going to have to pick some defensive tackles in these guys, right? And Chris Jones, you know, to what you're saying, and first off, I agree. I mean, you look at a lot of passing situations, they will move him out to defensive end, and, you know, he'll stunt inside or maybe just pass rush from there and do that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I got I got no issue with, with you taking that pick right there. All right. Um, uh, I got to go to the, the football team. You know, I don't care what the stats look like this year. First off, I'll just chase young with anybody. All right. I mean, literally, you can put you over there, and I think they're in the discussion for like one of the best pass rushing tandems. Uh, but, you know, him with Montez Sweat, I believe Kerrigan is a free agent, right? I'm trying to remember here. It's I yes. got 90 million names in yes. my head. But yeah, I'll go with him and Montez Sweat. But a little like we just talked about the Steelers. You know, you could go Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen or any of them, but to me, that's got a chance to be a very, very special, a little bit more maybe of a projection pick 
for coming up this year. Uh, Montez Sweat is a freak of nature like Chase Young, not to that extent, but both are you know Greek gods in that aspect. Since we didn't call this the Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt Memorial Draft, I'll just go with those yeah. two, even though it's a projection and you hope that J.J. Watt stays right. healthy. But I- I'm sufficiently influenced by the fact that they now have the two highest sack total leaders since 2012 on the same team and I think the presence of Jones makes it easier for Watt the presence of Watt could make it easier for Jones agreed agreed definitely uh, I think that could be a hell of a tandem I wouldn't be shocked to see them wrecking havoc and and wreaking havoc is it wreaking havoc or wrecking havoc reek, reek. it's wreaking yes right reek. well either way it's havoc okay and uh, as in as in as in your clothes reek of marijuana. That's uh, well, how that used. happens at times. Not that that not that I'm not talking lately, about you. Not lately, but uh, <laughs> it, it will be soon. We're almost out of that detox phase. We're going to get back into it here real soon. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. That, that was one I had written down too. I was kind of hoping you might forget about that. But that's that's a damn good one. I think that has potential. All right. And my last pick, I'm a little stuck here, you know, because I'm really down to like the 49ers and the Packers. Now, the 49ers, of course, Bosa coming back. They do have Armstead. And they're another team. You can get into some other guys they got there. The Packers, Zadarius and Preston, or Zadarius and Rashawn Gary. I'm going to go the 49ers. Rashawn, Gar- Rashawn Gary's ahead of Preston Smith on the depth chart. I know. I think Preston Smith's going to get cut. I think so, too. It, it was an underwhelming year. He kind of disappeared this year after that first good year. And I'm with you. You know, they got a guy there to replace him. I'm going to go with the 49ers, though, because Nick Bosa – you know, getting hurt early on in the year last year, we know he's a psycho with working out and doing all that. I expect him to be close to 100% to start the year. And then Eric Armstead, hey, sack production, what, production, whatever, he's still a force. He's a giant human being who can do everything on the defensive line. So I'll go with those two uh, as, as my, last, my last pick there. I was going to get sneaky and say Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller, but Miller's status is too tenuous. Yeah, I was, right. I was wondering whether you would, but I, I, th- I think they're going to cut him. I think so. Even right. though he's I... not due to be a free agent, he's not going to be on the team this year, and maybe it'll be Miles Garrett and Vaughn Miller when we do this draft in August. Because, uh, and that's another reason why, if I'm the Cardinals, and maybe they've fully explored the wormhole that would be whether there was someone else out there that they should have waited for. But I think some of these teams were waiting to see what happened with Vaughn Miller, and maybe there's an indication behind the scenes what's going to happen. But uh, between Vaughn Miller and J.J. Watt, which guy would you want when you consider the fact that Vaughn Miller missed all of last year? Yeah, it's a little scary, too. You know, not And he's you know not a, a giant. Drafted the same year. Yes. Drafted the same year. He's truly an edge guy. Um it's, that's a close one. It really is. But I guess I'd take J.J. Watt right now just because that's a pretty serious injury and things that you know Von Miller's had to deal with, uh, let alone it seems like there's some off-the-field things that are yet to be figured out here that is interesting. But, yeah, I there's know, you know. some vague thing right? that was referred to the district attorney and no one will say what it is. And, yeah, I would want to know everything there is to know about that before I do business with Vaughn Miller just so I know whether or not I'm going to have him on the field. Out of, out of all the ones we picked, right, like which ones, like, you know, excites you the most? Like I'm very excited about the Montez Sweat Chase Young one. Like that to me can be like one of those where we could look back and be like, holy crap, it's like a it's the Eagles in their heyday type pass rush and those type of things. That, I mean, which one excites you the most? Well, Sweat's intriguing because there were teams that loved him 
in the 2019 draft, but there was that weird heart thing that yeah, popped right. up at the combine. Right. And, and, you know, some of these teams is like, sorry, that's enough to be off our board. We're not messing with that. Even though we think the player is a stud stud. And I know there were teams in the first round that felt that way. Washington obviously didn't. They traded back into the round to get him. So I think that's got potential. You know, we didn't mention Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Oh, I mean, yeah. Greg Gregory, Finally got reinstated last year, and he had his moments. The problem is Demarcus Lawrence has been disappointing That's since it. he signed his long-term deal. That's it. It's just it's been a little underwhelming, and I, I can't put my name to Randy Gregory quite yet or do that. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he popped. He definitely did. And they have the potential to be something here going into the year two to where you go, ooh, if they, you know, everything aligns right, watch out for them. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting position in the NFL as pertains to free agency because, of course, JPP and Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett would be uh, right up there at the top of the list with what they can do. And I do expect Shaq Barrett to be back with the Bucks, but we don't know that yet. And, you know, the one team that I tried, I looked, I scanned, I, the Vikings – known for that defense, known for that pass rush for all those years. With Delia Hunter missing all of last season, we don't know what his health is. Who knows what that pass rush is going to be in Minnesota yeah. this year. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live right after this. Aaron Rodgers doing some good. A million dollars was donated for small businesses struggling in Butte County, California due to the pandemic. That's good. Good stuff. Like to see that. And uh, good good for Aaron Rodgers to do that. I give him a ton of credit for that, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, listen, he's never been afraid to speak up about social issues or you know, do things the right way there. I, you know me, Mike, I've, I've always really respected that about him. Forget the play on the field. You know, I, he, he makes some tough comments sometimes that aren't necessarily going to be loved by everybody, but this is like a no doubt, unbelievable thing, you know, grew up in California, all of that. So good for him. And, you know, hey, if anybody can spare a million dollars, it's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> it's still a million dollars. I, I don't care how much money you have. Yeah. It's still a million dollars. By can the you way, imagine we writing that check? The first ever. Right. We almost had the first ever invasion of my dog onto the set. Oh. She refused to come up the steps. She almost did. I wish. That close. That would have Maybe she'll tomorrow. Tune in and find out. Have a good day. See ya. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.